أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما نافعا اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ربي اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bedi'uzzaman Sa'id Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you get your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. Uh, please subscribe to it so that you can receive the new episodes on a regular basis, inshallah. In this episode, we will continue uh, reading and reflecting upon the 20th word. This uh, treatise consists of two stations and in both of them are about the Quran, miraculousness of the Quran. And uh, in the first station, Ustad Nursi points to, points to some verses that appear to be talking about ordinary events, they, like the slaughtering of a cow uh, or rocks crumbling apart. And Satan whispers, saying, so if this is such a lofty book, why are these ordinary things in this book? It should be talking about, you know, the heavens and the you know, transcendent stuff. And Ustad Nursi explains that these are the tips of some universal rules, uh, universal precepts, universal principles, and they point to those principles and by bringing up and understand, uh, by bringing up these ordinary uh, matters, ordinary occurrences, uh, which everybody can understand. The Quran points to those higher principles by using these as representations, as examples. Uh, therefore, it creates levels of understanding for uh, even the people with the simplest level of understanding who are not sophisticated, who uh, have not perhaps received education. Uh, they live in, a, in the country, in the desert, uh, have a very limited exposure to the world, but even they can understand something uh, from these examples. So um, this first station had three, uh, what is Tatnusi called subtle points, nukta, and we read the first two of them. Inshallah, in this episode, we will continue with the third subtle point. And this subtle point is about the um, about verse 74 of the second chapter of the Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah. As-ta'amidhu billah. ثُمَّ قَسَتَ قُلُوبُكُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ ذَلِكَ فَهِيَكَ لَحِجَارَةِ أَوْ أَشَدُّ قَسْوَةِ وَإِنَّ مِنَ الْحِجَارَةِ لَمَا يَتَفَجَّرُ مِنْهُ الْأَنْهَارِ وَإِنَّ مِنْهَا لَمَا يَشَّقَّكُ فَيَخْرُجُ مِنْهُ الْمَاءُ وَإِنَّ مِنْهَا لَمَا يَهْبِطُ مِنْ خَشْيَةِ اللَّهِ وَمَا اللَّهُ بِغَافِلٍ عَمَّا تَعَمَلُونَ So a, an interpretation of this verse is offered in English as follows. Even after that, your hearts became as hard as rocks, or even harder. For there are rocks from which streams spring out, or rivers come out, and some from which water comes when they split open, and others which fall down in awe of God. He is not unaware of what, what you do. So this is addressing people, especially the disbelievers, and telling them, uh, but it can I mean, it doesn't have to be disbelievers, but it's addressing people and telling them, look how hard your hearts have become, like rocks. But then now, even worse than rocks, harder than rocks, because, you know, rocks are hard, but they, you know, crack and streams come forth. Rivers come forth from them. They split 
and water you know gushes out and then they crumble and then they fall from mountaintops high places in awe of god şu ayeti okurken üstad nursi says şu ayeti okurken müvesvis dedi ki herkese malum ve adi olan taşların şu fıtri bazı halatı tabiiyesini en mühim ve büyük meseleler suretinde bahis ve beyanda ne mana var ne münasebet var ne ihtiyaç var as i was reciting this verse while reciting this verse the whisperer said what is the meaning in mentioning and elucidating such natural states of ordinary rocks that are known by everybody you know every, every, everybody knows rocks this is this is a lofty book there should be something interesting in it right that are known by, by everybody in the form of most important and significant matters what is the relevance of this what need is there for it right what is the meaning of this what is the relevance of this what need is there for it now of course the whisperer refers to uh, the satan or satan's soldiers among the people and the jinn and whatever other spiritual beings out there might be that serve uh, satan that that have become soldiers of uh, satan and this kind of a whispering would come from satan and it would try to deceive us it doesn't have much power on us it you know it cannot grab us and take from one place to another it doesn't have physical power on us but through this whispering through by th- throwing these arrows dangerous arrows into our minds and hearts it can mislead us şu vesveseye karşı feyzi kur'an'dan şöyle bir nükte ilham edildi in response to this whispering a subtle point like this one the, the what's coming was inspired from the quran's effusion from where from the quran's effusion from the quran outpouring its blessings and wisdom right it is not uh it is not that i do something and then i extract it from the quran no i i am not in a position to extract anything from the quran the quran in and of itself being a divine speech being god's eternal speech is full of effusions it exudes these meanings it blesses those who come to it with respect and humility with knowledge evet münasebet var ve ihtiyaç var hem o derece büyük bir münasebet ve ehemmiyetli bir mana ve o derece muazzam ve lüzumlu bir hakikat var ki ancak Kur'an'ın icazı mucizi ve lütfu irşadıyla bir derece basitleştirilmiş ve ihtisar edilmiş yes there is relevance and need there is a need to talk about these rocks and the slaughtering of the cow and etc etc there is a need to talk about the mosquito there is a need to talk about um olives and fig and you know so on and so forth and there is a relevance in this there is relevance and need it is so relevant with such important meaning and it contains such a tremendous and necessary truth that these were simplified and abridged to some extent so those tremendous and necessary truths were simplified and abridged now it they are so necessary there's such so much need for them that in order for them to be available for everybody all human beings they were simplified and abridged to some extent only thanks to quran's miraculous brevity and gentle rightful guidance guidance ordinary people cannot do this ordinary texts cannot have this right it is only thanks to the quran's miraculous brevity ijaz and gentle guidance that we have those tremendous truths necessary truths being simplified and offered in an understandable easy to follow way evet ecazı kur'anın bir esası olan icaz hem hidayet-i kur'anın bir nuru olan lütfu irşad 
husn-ı ifham iktiza ediyorlar ki, Kur'an'ın muhatapları içinde ekseriyeti teşkil eden avama karşı külli hakikatleri ve derin ve umumi düsturları meluf ve cüz'i suretlerle gösterilsin. Ve fikirleri basit olan umumi avama karşı muazzam hakikatlerin yalnız uçları ve basit bir sureti gösterilsin. Hem adet perdesi tahtında ve zeminin altında harikulade olan tasarrufat-ı ilahiye icmalen gösterilsin. İşte bu sıra binaendir ki Kur'an-ı Hakim şu ayetle diyor. Yes, brevity, icaz, which is a foundation of the Quran's miraculousness, icaz. Ijaz is brevity, ijaz with an ayn is miraculousness. Yes, brevity which is a foundation of the Quran's miraculousness and gentle rightful guidance and beautiful explanation which are from the light of the Quran's guidance entail that, now what is it? What do we find in the Quran? We find brevity, we have a gentle guidance, right? Now when necessary it can be um, harsh too when the when the context entails when the context requires it it can be harsh too but when it is guiding at the beginning for those who are willing to receive guidance it is it offers gentle guidance it's understandable right it is not like you know go try to read i'm not going to name names but you know some very f- let's say very famous very influential so on so forth philosopher get the book and try to read you know after two pages you'll fall asleep you cannot understand it it is full of these you know highbrow complicated sophisticated made up words the concepts are you know woven together in in such intricate ways that you cannot follow the line of thought unless you read it you know 15 times and then somebody explains to you and then you may have understood or perhaps you misunderstood it's not like that it's not like that the quran god in writing the in in in uh, revealing the quran right takes the ability capacity of its interlocutors the, the addressees into consideration brevity which is a foundation of the Quran's miraculousness and gentle rightful guidance and beautiful explanation which are from the light of the Quran's guidance entail that universal realities and deep and general precepts be shown to the common folk who constitute the majority of the Quran's addressees with familiar and particular examples. So this is not a book revealed to uh, you know, sages of humanity. People with um, IQs that are off the chart. No, this you know this is a book revealed to all human beings, and since it is revealed to all human beings, it needs to be able to convey the meanings that are needed by human beings to all human beings who have intellect. If they don't have intellect, they don't have you know accountability. They don't have responsibility anyway. But if they have intellect, the book that is revealed by the one who is the ultimate guide hadi needs to be able to contain uh, a language a, a contain its uh, its profound meanings in a language or convey in its profound meanings in a language that's understandable by, by all now for it to be understandable by all it has to um, provide concepts meanings lines of thought examples references that are already familiar and known to them like particular known in their specific worlds if it were giving me an example about a you know an an an event something a phenomenon that exists only uh, on some mountain in Australia and perhaps I've heard the name but I cannot know anything beyond the name what am I going to do with it it's not going to be of help to me right so it needs to be familiar it needs to be something that I already know in my life and then the more profound meaning needs to be built on that okay so uh, until that so Quran's uh, beautiful explanation guidance 
brevity and tell that the uni uh, that universal realities and deep and general precepts be shown to the common folk who constitute the majority of the Quran's addressees with familiar and particular examples and also that only the tips and a simple image of the tremendous realities be shown to the general public who have simple ideas only the tips and a simple image of the tremendous realities be shown to the general public who have simple ideas if those realities if those meanings were presented to them in their full glory they would not be able to take it they would they would be um crushed under it they would not be able to have patience to listen to it they would not be able to do what um what becomes um a responsibility on them upon hearing this if we were to understand right if we understood god's sublimity as it is as it is we would not be able to fulfill our duty of worshipful slavehood or bodhiya before him and it is narrated that the Prophet ﷺ would say Astaghfirullah, oh God forgive me at least 70 times a day and it is narrated they interpret this as saying because the Prophet ﷺ does not have sins his sins are all forgiven so if he is forgiven why is he saying like 70 times every day at least oh God forgive me, oh God forgive me, oh God forgive me why is he saying that? so one of the interpretations about this is that every day perhaps every moment his station was elevated he was exposed to more of God's glory, sublimity, tremendousness, etc. And upon recognizing that level, he would be ashamed of his understanding of God in the previous level. And he would say, Astaghfirullah, oh God, forgive me. And that, that's for us too. We think of God, we conceptualize God in our minds in, in a, in a you know, particular way. And then we see something else. You know, we know God as the God of our um, individual selves, our families, the small human society around us, perhaps the trees, the flowers, the clouds, the, uh, you know, little animals that we see around us. And then, you know, some scientists discover something really um, significant. Uh, you know, I, I, I was recently um, reading this book called The... Um, finding the mother tree it is about how trees in the in a forest communicate with one another how they nurse the younger uh, you know saplings the younger uh, generation of trees how they exchange uh, nutrition and so on and so forth i had no idea of this but now i know my lord as a lord of the the, the forest as a almost or or effectively a social community and i say subhanallah i didn't know god in this respect before subhanallah glory be to to my lord and astaghfirullah i when i said subhanallah before when i said alhamdulillah before i did not have this in mind now i have this in mind too right so once in a while somebody discovers something uh, or we you know learn something that we did not know and then we say subhanallah and glory be to God. I did not know about this before, but He is Allahu Akbar. He is above and beyond what I, you know, I think Him Him to be. He is greater than even my imagination, greater than what my intellect can conceive and and understand. Moreover, moreover. Oh, and sorry, going back that only the tips and a simple image of the tremendous realities be shown to the general public who have simple ideas, right? So the Quran is burdening them, God is burdening them with what they can take and handle. And once they take that and handle it and improve, now perhaps they can take more, then there is another layer of meaning in the Quran that's going to open up before them too, right? So it is not like uh, it is reduced to the level of the lowest uh, you know common denominator in society and remains there no it is it's it's miraculousness is that it can address the lowest and the highest there is nobody nothing that's beyond its ability to handle and provide guidance to 
Moreover, the divine disposals that are extraordinary, that are extraordinary beneath the veil of custom and under the ground, be shown in summary form. Now, what is this? The divine disposals that are extraordinary beneath the veil of custom. The veil of custom, you know, every um, every day the sun rises from the east and the night that was completely dark, pitch dark, right? And when that that that place, that ambiance where I had, I was not seeing anything, suddenly becomes illuminated as I start to see things. This is a miracle, miraculous occurrence. If you know, imagine that you lived all your life in a dark place. You never saw the sun, therefore you have no familiarity with the illumination that the sun provides in the entire face of the earth. Imagine that perhaps you lived in a you know different on a different planet where, um, I mean, you since we are imagining ourselves as human beings, we have to have eyesight. But let's say that things um, radiated some dim light there, and that's what enabled you to see things right uh, you only saw the thing that you were looking at not the environment and then one day you were put on a ship put to sleep brought to earth and then they woke you up and you came out and you see this dazzling light everywhere or even better you they you know take you out in the uh, darkness of the night and then the sun rises and everything is illuminated that's miraculous that's there's nothing there's nothing ordinary about that but the custom the familiarity um, pulls a veil before our understanding and we do not re recognize its extraordinariness so the divine disposals that are extraordinary beneath the veil of custom and under the ground like there are things that we do not see um, we are you know veiled not by custom but physical actual uh, veils under the ground be shown in summary form because you know one there are so many of them if you know if all of them were put in the quran uh not in summary form but in in detail then we would not be able to you know finish the khatam we would not be able to read the quran from beginning to end even uh, once and therefore we would be uh, deprived of some of the uh, divine message Right? So it needs to be in summary form. There are so many of them. And, but also, they are so tremendous. They are so, um, you know, for those who recognize their miraculousness, for those who recognize their wondrousness, marvelousness, they are so wondrous, so marvelous, that the minds may not be able to handle them. So it is due to this secret that the wise Quran says with this verse. So what does it say? That's going to come in the next paragraph. We will read the Turkish uh, first. Ey beni İsrail ve ey beni Adem! Sizlere ne olmuş ki kalpleriniz taştan daha camid ve daha ziyade katılaşmıştır. Zira görmüyor musunuz ki o pek sert ve pek camid ve toprak altında bir tabakaya azime teşkil eden o koca taşlar o kadar evamir ilahiye karşı muti ve musahhar ve icraat rabbaniye altında o kadar yumuşak ve emirberdir ki havada ağaçların teşkilinde tasarrufat ilahiye ne derece suhuletle cereyan ediyor. Öyle de tahta zemin ve o sert sahır taşlarda o derece suhulet ve intizamla hatta damarlara karşı kanın cevelanı gibi muntazam su cetvelleri ve su damarları kemal hikmetle o taşlarda mukavemet görmeyerek cereyan ediyor. Hem havada nebatat ve ağaçların dallarının suhuletle suret intişarı gibi o derece suhuletle köklerin nazik damarları yer altındaki taşlarda mümanaat görmeyerek evamir ilahi ile muntazaman intişar ettiğini Kur'an işaret ediyor. Ve geniş bir hakikati şu ayetle ders veriyor ve o dersle o kasavetli kalplere bu manayı veriyor ve remzen diyor. All the children of Israel and all the children of Adam. Now, this verse, the context of this verse uh, is that it it is addressing the children of Israel. Uh, that's why Ustad Nursi is starting this paragraph with this address. All the children of Israel, but also the children of Adam. In, in their person, this is an address to all human beings. What has happened to you that your hearts have become more lifeless and harder than rock? 
what has happened to you that your hearts have become more lifeless and harder than rock. Do you not see that those exceedingly lifeless and hard massive rocks that constitute a tremendous layer under the ground are so obedient and subjugated before divine commands and so soft and compliant under lordly disposals that as divine disposal easily takes place in the air during the formation of trees i.e imagine a tree it starts as a sapling and then grows the the trunk grows and then starts to branch out and how easily those branches are going through air there is no resistance they are moving in whichever direction that uh, god has written into their genes god has origin in which in whichever shape god has originated that tree they are moving in those directions toward the sun usually but without resistance in the air now like that likewise and this is an this is a manifestation of divine disposal it is divine power that's disposing those three branches in this direction that direction arranging those three branches in whichever direction uh, he wills god wills likewise it that is that divine disposal takes place with such ease and orderliness under the ground in those hard and deaf rocks now imagine that if you were to you know dig into the soil and take a cross section especially on the you know top soil top uh let's say 15 inches 20 inches you know half meter or so it's full of life so many things are moving there insects are moving roots are moving um the the mushrooms are growing and laying their networks that connect through you know sometimes several meters several feet and connect a huge in the i mean this book that i mentioned that i was reading the entire forest is connected through uh, those you know pieces of mushrooms under the soil these are thin as silk thinner than silk imagine um spider web imagine how weak how thin how um subtle flexible that is fibers as thin subtle flexible weak as spider web are coursing through soil so much that likewise it takes place with such ease and orderliness under the ground in those hard and deaf rocks sometimes sometimes some roots break through rocks split rocks apart or dig through rocks so much that orderly water channels orderly water channels and veins flow through them like blood circulating through the veins like blood circulates in the veins of a an animal or human being channels are open through rocks for them and they circulate as if you know blood is circulating in the veins also the quran points to the orderly spread of roots in the rocks under the ground with ease and without resistance following divine commands like the spread of plant and tree branches in the air with e with with ease in my childhood in my elementary school they had a um, the schoolyard was covered with asphalt every summer every summer and there was a you know particularly vicious type of uh, thorny plant it would crack through the the asphalt and ruin it every year they had to you know lay asphalt again asphalt is hard trucks like ton trucks weighing several tons drive over them and they carry it but these tiny plants were were drilling through them drilling through the asphalt and then you know after that cracking it apart and then crumbling it but this is happening under the ground like the spread of plant and tree branches in the air with ease 
and with this verse the verse that we read it the Quran teaches a broad reality and with that teaching with that teaching it conveys to hardened hearts the following meaning and and says with a hint now we are going from more concrete more familiar to more abstract more uh, you know principle like knowledge with this verse Ustad Nursi said it is referring to how you know water gushes through the channels and veins under the ground uh, how roots uh, drill through soil and rocks etc God is pointing this out to human beings this is what you see here in front of your eyes you see that this is happening you would not expect that uh, fine fiber to pierce through rock but it is happening it is happening with the divine power and the divine disposal right and now with that familiar concrete th thing in mind think about this think about a higher principle but before we go to that higher principle there's a side note here that i want to uh, read inshallah there are more than one side notes in this uh, subtle point so this is going to be the first side note Haşiye. Evet, zemin denilen muhteşem ve seyyar sarayın temel taşı olan taş tabakasının Fatır-ı Zülcelal tarafından tavzif edilen en mühim üç vazifeyi beyan etmek ancak Kur'an'a yakışır. İşte birinci vazifesi, toprağın kudret-i Rabbaniye ile nebata, nebatata analık edip yetiştirdiği gibi kudret-i ilahiye ile taş dahi toprağa dayelik edip yetiştiriyor. İkinci vazifesi, zeminin bedeninde deveranı dem hükmünde olan suların muntazam cebelanına hizmetidir. Üçüncü vazife-i fıtriyesi, çeşmelerin ve ırmakların, uyun ve enharın muntazam bir mizanla zuhur ve devamlarına hazinedarlık etmektir. Evet, taşlar bütün kuvvetiyle ve ağızlarının dolusuyla akıttıkları ağabey hayat suretinde delail-i vahdaniyeti zemin yüzüne yazıp serpiyor. Yes, it befits the Quran only. I, it, it, it is only... Uh, something that the Quran can do. To expound the three most important duties that are given by the majestic originator to the layer of rocks, which is the foundation stone of the magnificent and mobile palace called the earth. So there are three, there are many duties um, that the, the, the, the rocks have. Among them, there are three that Ustad Nursi considers to be most important and he says that it is it befits the Quran now the question was at the beginning you know why is the Quran talking about mentioning these ordinary events like these are just rock, rocks crumbling apart and falling from you know mountain tops through mountain slopes well, this is such a simple thing and why no Ustad Nursi is saying this is God's creation in this creation, he has created everything, everything with wisdom, with a purpose, serving something. And the Quran is his book. It is divine speech. And then it behooves the Quran. It fits it perfectly that it is going to point to the most important, most significant uh, duties that God, with his divine wisdom, has uh, laid on the shoulders of rocks. Yes, it befits the Quran only, only the Quran, or let's put, say this way. Yes, it befits only the Quran to expound the three most important duties that are that are given by the majestic originator to the layer of rocks, which is the foundation stone of the magnificent and mobile palace called the earth. This earth, it is a magnificent and mobile traveling all, you know, all, all the time around the sun with the solar system uh, rotating around itself right rocks are the foundation stone of this thing that we call the the earth its core is molten rock its mantle is rock and then it's covered with life soil animals plants and are surrounded by the atmosphere it befits only the Quran to expound the three most important duties that are given by the majestic originator to the layer of rocks. So the first duty. As soil acts as a mother to plants, thanks to the lordly power and 
thanks to the lordly power that's actually in charge that's disposing and raises them so does the rock become a mother thanks to divine power to the soil and grows it rock is the mother of soil right that's how it happens rocks uh, with erosion with the, with exposure to cold and heat uh, with the movement of water sometimes uh, as a result of you know, more mechanical uh, impacts soil crumbles and becomes smaller and smaller and smaller like dust and that dust or th that like those small pieces really tiny pieces of uh, rock that now we can refer to as sand become the foundation for the generation of soil now the top soil is living humus right that is uh, decomposed living organisms but soil is not only decomposed living organisms it's a mixture of the all sorts of minerals that come from the rocks and that decomposed uh, living organisms the humus so the first duty as soil acts as a mother to plants thanks to the lordly power and raises them so does the rock become a mother thanks to divine power to the soil and grows it second duty so we are talking about or thinking about the, the most important three most important duties of rocks this is its service for the orderly circulation of water in the earth's body which in effect is a circulation of blood in that body now plants grow plants grow where on earth but not only by the seashore actually they wouldn't most plants would not be able to grow by the seashore because it is salty right so rocks um, channel water or God channels water through rocks filter it they are the water is filtered through uh, through the rocks and organized it is not like we are living in floods whenever it rains and then uh, you know as soon as the rain stops it's flowing away no water is held stored channeled um, managed managed through the rocks in the body of the earth and then through that channeling we have water reached to living organisms subhanallah there is a tremendous um if you will engineering in this a tremendous disposal awareness calculation going on here third um third duty of its innate nature so rocks are created with an innate nature in a, in, in a particular way and in that innate nature the the capacity to fulfill these duties are embedded by divine wisdom what is the third duty to serve in the appearance and continuation of fountains and rivers springs and streams with orderly balanced proportions yes yes with all their power the rocks are writing and spreading the indications of antitative oneness over the face of the earth by pouring mouthfuls of life-giving water so these are what we articulated in this side note are concrete examples of um, how the quran is pointing to these tremendous realities that exist in the creation on earth right pointing to divine wisdom but it is not all of it it is not only about these concrete uh, familiar phenomena that we observe every one of us every human being can observe uh, happening on the face of the earth now it moves from those concrete examples to more subtle more profound more metaphysical realities and wisdoms now the next paragraph is going to be about that it's a bit long uh, so i'll read the turkish first ey beni israel ve ey beni adem zaaf ve aciziniz içinde nasıl bir kalp taşıyorsunuz ki öyle bir zatın evamirine karşı o kalp kasavetle mukavemet ediyor 
Halbuki o koca sert taşların tabaka-i muazzaması o zatın evamiri önünde kemal-i inkıyatla karanlıkta nazik vazifelerini mükemmel ifa ediyorlar, itaatsizlik göstermiyorlar. Belki o taşlar toprak üstünde bulunan bütün zevil hayata, ağabey hayatla beraber sair medar hayatlarına öyle bir hazinedarlık ediyor ve öyle bir adaletle taksimata vesiledir ve öyle bir hikmetle tevziata vasıta oluyor ki, Hakim-i Zülcelal'in deste kudretinde bal mumu gibi ve belki hava gibi yumuşaktır, mukavemetsizdir ve azameti kudretine karşı secdededir. Zira toprak üstünde müşahede ettiğimiz şu masnuat-ı muntazama ve şu hikmetli ve inayetli tasarrufat-ı ilahiye misillü zemin altında aynen cerayan ediyor. Belki hikmeten daha acip ve intizamca daha garip bir surette hikmet ve inayet-i ilahiye tecelli ediyor. Bakınız, en sert ve hissiz o koca taşlar nasıl bal mumu gibi evamiri tekviniyeye karşı yumuşaklık gösteriyorlar. Ve memur ilahi olan o latif sulara, o nazik köklere, o ipek gibi damarlara o derece mukavemetsiz ve kasavetsizdir. Güya bir aşık gibi o latif güzellerin temasıyla kalbini parçalıyor, yollarında toprak oluyor. All the children of Israel and all the children of Adam. While you are weak and impotent, that is the um, baseline human condition. While you are weak and impotent, you are weak, you are impotent. What kind of a heart are you carrying in your chests that it that heart resists the commands of such a divine entity with hardness? Right, the divine command comes: believe, fear me. Love me, have faith in me, trust me, turn to me, ask from me, supplicate me. Divine command. These are all addressing the heart. And the human being is weak and impotent, is not in a position to resist anything, to, to, you know, to provide resistance before anything yet yet for some reason weird and not understandable what kind of a heart are you carrying that it resists the commands of such a divine entity now it is all those commands are coming from god with hardness how can this weak and impotent human being Carries, carries such a hard heart. In darkness, the tremendous layer of those massive and hard rocks are fulfilling their delicate duties perfectly in darkness, that is, in under the ground. And with perfect acquiescence to the commands of that divine entity. They are not showing disobedience. The rocks, they are hard, they are sturdy, they are strong, heavy. Massive. They are not showing disobedience. In fact, those rocks are serving the possessors of life above the ground as the treasurers of life-giving water and other prerequisites of their life. Now, we, we just talked about the, the rocks becoming mothers to soil. All, that, all the mineral that needs to be in the soil for plants to grow. Potassium, phosphorus, calcium, sulfur. They are stored in rocks and they gradually dissolve as needed. They mix into the soil and then from the soil they dissolve and the plants are able to take them. So those rocks are serving the possessors of life above the ground as the treasurers of life-giving water and other prerequisites of their life. And they are being the means for such just allotment and wise distribution that in the hand of power in the hand of power of the all wise possessors of possessor of majesty they are soft like beeswax no like air without resistance they are serving their purpose with such ease so flexibly without resistance that in the hand of power of the all-wise possessor of majesty, in, in God's hand of power, they are soft like beeswax. To you, it's hard like rock. 
right? It is rock. It is hard. But but in the hand of power, in, in the hand of divine power, they are soft like beeswax. And Sadhguru says, no, no, no, even beeswax is too hard to become a metaphor for this, to become a uh, an example of this, right? They are like air, without resistance, no resistance. They are in a state of prostration before the tremendousness of his power. Rocks are in a state of prostration before the tremendousness of his power. How? Well, their obedience to divine command. That is an indication of their state of prostration. What is prostration? Prostration is a show of obedience and respect slavehood complete submission they are in a state of complete complete submission they are obeying divine rule although on appearance on the face of it with a superficial look it would seem that they should not let those tiny flexible gossamer like um, spiderweb like fibers go through but they are on the face of it looks like they should stand firm and not crumble but they do crumble they are in a state of prostration before the tremendousness of his god's power cause the likes of these orderly artifacts and those divine disposals with wisdom and solicitude are taking place exactly under the ground the plants need the minerals they need water under the ground with divine disposal it is all being prepared and carried on to the plants to the, the living organisms and then animals and human beings are going to consume that so it is being carried to the to the uh, service of animals and human beings too there is wisdom and solicitude look how those hardest and senseless massive rocks are becoming soft before divine commands. How they are losing their resistance and hardness before that subtle water and those delicate roots and silky veins, which are divine officials. So how and why? Because they are divine officials. In the first word we read the you know, those delicate veins, uh, rootlets say Bismillah in the name of God, and then they drill through, pierce through hard rock as though like lovers the, the the the rocks right as though like lovers their hearts are torn with the touch of those subtle beauties water plants and they become dirt on the path of their beloveds hem وَإِنَّ مِنْهَا لَمَا يَهْبِطُ مِنْ خَشْيَةِ اللّٰهِ ile şöyle bir hakikati muazzamanın ucunu gösteriyor ki, talebi rüyet hadisesinde meşhur dağın tecelli ile parçalanması ve taşlarının dağılması gibi, umum rüyü zeminde aslı aslı sudan incimat etmiş adeta yekpare taşlardan ibaret olan ekster dağların zelzele veya bazı hadisat-ı arziye suretinde tecelliyat-ı celaliye ile o dağların yüksek zirvelerinden o haşiyet verici tecelliyat-ı celaliyenin zuhuruyla taşlar parçalanarak bir kısmı ufalanıp toprağa kalbolup nebatata menşe olur. Diğer bir kısmı taş kalarak yuvarlanıp derelere, ovalara dağılıp sekene-i zeminin meskeni gibi birçok işlerinde hizmetkarlık ederek ve mahfi bazı hikem ve menafi için kudret ve hikmet-i ilahiyeye secdeyi itaat ederek desatiri hikmet-i sübhaniyeye emirber şeklini alıyorlar. Olsa, Estağfirullah, ve inne min halema yehbitu min haşyetillah and others which fall down in awe of God. This is a phrase um, uh, from the verse that we read at the beginning. Right? Other pieces of rock, other uh, boulders and rocks that fall down from mountaintops, slopes, high places in awe of God. By saying this, with this, the Quran shows the tip of a tremendous reality as follows. So there is. this is just the tip. Rocks fall, okay, but what is it showing? 
Like the crumbling of the mountain and the scattering of rocks upon manifestation in the famous incident of the request of vision, now there is a reference to another uh, incident that is uh, mentioned in the Quran, uh, and this is the incident of Moses, Musa alayhi salam, asking God to see him. And it is, um, I'm going to read the um, the translation interpretation from the verse, that's chapter 7, verse 143 of the Quran. <clears throat> when Moses came for the appointment and his Lord spoke to him, he said, Moses said, My Lord, show yourself to me. Let me see you. He said, that is God said, You will never see me, but look at that mountain. If it remains standing firm, you will see me. And when his Lord revealed himself to the mountain, he made it crumble. Moses fell down unconscious. When he recovered, he said, Glory be to you. To you I turn in repentance. I am the first to believe. So, Ustad Nursi is referring to this incident. Like the crumbling of the mountain and the scattering of rocks upon manifestation, manifest divine manifestation, in the famous incident of the request of vision, with majestic manifestations in the form of earthquakes and some geological events taking place on most mountains, which are originally liquid and as though composed of monolithic rocks, by original liquid, i.e. Um, you know, under the mantle of the earth, it is all molten rock, therefore it is all liquid, which are originally liquid and also uh, what we know about the formation of the earth is that at the beginning it was gas and then it liquefied and then it solidified but the top the mantle solidified the the core is still liquid so as a result of some majestic manifestations in the form of earthquakes god manifested to the mountain top and the mountain top crumbled and you know scattered the rocks scattered around this is what moses السلام, witnessed Earthquakes are likewise manifestations, majestic manifestations. Other geological events, landslides, for instance. These are majestic manifestations of divine power, right? Taking place on most mountains. And they, when they take place on mountains, and by the way, mountains are originally liquid and as though composed of monolithic rocks, Upon the appearance of awe-inspiring majestic manifestations, rocks on the elevated zeniths of those mountains crumbled. Also, the differential uh, differ heat and uh, heat differentials, right? The, when it is too cold and then too hot and then too cold and too hot, water seeps through the cracks, etc., they crumble. Some are ground and turn into soil then become a source for the plants all over the face of the earth. Others remain as rocks and roll down into rivers and plains. There they serve in many of the affairs of the earth's inhabitants, such as habitations. Again, we see solicitude here. And for some hidden wisdoms and benefits, they assume a compliant position before the precepts of the wisdom of the glorified one. The glorified one god god's wisdom entails that the rocks do certain things and those are like serving certain purposes there's wisdom in the way they are created and in the way they are being uh, disposed right so they assume a compliant position before the precepts of the wisdom of the glorified one prostrating before divine power and wisdom with obedience elbette O haşiyetten o yüksek mevkiyi terk edip mütevazıane aşağı yerlere ihtiyar etmek ve o mihim menfaatlere sebep olmak beyhude olmayıp başıbol değil başıboş değil ve tesadüfi dahi olmadığı belki bir hakimi kadirin tasarrufat hakimanesiyle o intizamsızlık içinde zahiri nazara görünmeyen bir intizam hakimane bulunduğuna delil ise o taşlara müteallik faydeler menfaatler ve onlar üstünde yuvarlandıkları dağın cesedine giydirilen ve çiçek ve meyvelerin murassaatıyla münakkaş ve müzeyyen olan gömleklerin kemal intizamı ve hüsnü sanatı kat'i şüphesiz şehadet eder. Certainly, 
the benefits and advantages attached to those rocks and the perfect orderliness and beautifully excellent artistry of the shirts engraved and adorned with the ornaments of flowers and fruits and put on the corpse of the mountain down which those rocks roll definitively and without a doubt witness or bear witness that leaving those elevated places out of awe and choosing lower spots and causing those important benefits is not for nothing with no supervision or coincidental right it is not for nothing i.e there is a purpose in it there is supervision it is under supervision and it's not coincidental it is purposeful it is intended and in fact that a wise orderliness that does not appear to be to the superficial side exists within that lack of orderliness you know what is orderliness? The, there's a there's a uh, volcano eruption things are pouring out and scattering all around and you think that this is really chaotic no it is not chaotic it is not chaotic in fact that a wise orderliness that does not appear to the superficial sight exists within that lack of orderliness owing to the wise disposal of the all-wise all-powerful rocks falling down as if they are going to prostration we human beings stand in qiyam stand in uh, in the in the prayer right they when we begin our prayer we stand in qiyam mountains are standing firm they are rock right they're not even rock like they are rock standing but then in response to those majestic manifestations like earthquakes volcanic eruptions landslides uh, temperature uh, changes they crumble and they fall down leaving those elevated places out of awe and choosing lower spots and causing those important benefits that is not for nothing nothing is purposeless nothing is futile but sometimes in our interaction with the world we enter into a perhaps what we can call a schizophrenic uh, mentality even those who believe i'm not talking about disbelievers i'm talking about believers we believe we say there is god the prophet وسلم, his messenger the quran is divine speech and i need to pray five times a day i need to fast i need to take wudu i need to pay uh, zakat obligatory alms do the hajj etc etc but then i look at the mountain and i do not think that the mountain is also in a state of submission and obedience i do not associate the falling of rocks with the manifestation of divine power can anything happen without without divine will divine knowledge divine power no does god create anything for nothing is there any futility no then can that be in coincidence even in even in a dust particle being blown off the surface of the mountain and then landing somewhere else no they're all in a state of submission to divine power and this is their prostration and then we turn to ourselves and ask again so these rocks inanimate beings heartless mindless they are in a state of submission and obedience what about me what about me we turn from the rocks to our hearts 
and check if our hearts are hardened. Because if it is hard, it cannot be in a state of obedience. If it is not in a state of obedience, it cannot be a sound heart. It's not going to take us where we want to go, ultimately, inshallah. Paradise. We don't want our hearts to become coal feeding the fire of hell. We want our hearts to become soft and sound, deserving of, befitting, if not deserving, befitting paradise, able to recognize, appreciate, and show gratitude when served with God's bounties, endless bounties in paradise, inshallah. Inshallah, we will finish this uh, subtle point in the next episode and then we will move on to the second station too. Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma'allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim wa akhirat da'wahum anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen al-fatiha salamat Allahumma salam al-azim.